of She Ventures Now podcast, where I share tips for millennial women to make quantum leaps in personal change. I'm your host, Gaya Nicole, and in this episode, I want to share what I've been up to in changing the way I think and live with regards to emotional and mental health. And so for this podcast, I'll be sharing a bit about my past, steps I've taken to become more emotionally healthy, and then resources that have greatly helped me on this journey. And I've got to say, just from... Uh, as a preface, I'm kind of nervous about sharing this one. This one's a little bit more personal than the other ones. The other ones were a little bit more practical. But, in, you know, I wrote the script for this one and I, I knew that I had to do this before I published the second season. So here goes. To begin, I want to give you guys some background. Um, I'm Jamaican and I definitely consider myself for most of my life Jamaican-American. But I was raised in South Florida going to American schools. So I definitely don't mind being considered African-American. And this is one of the things that I've realized in my own uh, community and subculture of being Jamaican-American. So basically within these two communities, I find that mental health is still stigmatized or overlooked. In In the last five to six years, I've had to place this as a high priority for myself just for the sake of my own well-being and navigating family issues, navigating career changes, anxieties, um, navigating starting a business and the risk taking in that, but also with the trauma in the black community from the loss of life of black men and boys, um, you know, in light of a lot of the Black Lives Matter and all of the stuff that we've been seeing going on in the news, which some some people might not think that that's a big deal, but, you know, I think um, anyone that's African-American know, can, African-American in our generation knows that watching the images that we have so, such easy access to, um, can affect you negatively mentally and emotionally and so um, with all these things I've realized how much more I have to be attentive to emotional and mental health because of the deep-seated insecurity of uh, not just being alone as a single woman um, and charging through life by myself but just because health is a priority right like being and living to your optimal potential you need to care about your health so um, in addition in the last several years through my own experiences of being a part of several Christian ministries and helping to launch a church in particular in South Florida, I have become more fully aware of how underdeveloped um, the church, and I'm just using this in general as a general term, is with emotional and mental health. While I don't think I've faced anything super tragic or scandalous in my church communities, I have felt the heartbreak of feeling like somewhere in my own community of faith, there's a lack of guidance or resources. Um, to check in on people who are doing the work to build up, build the church up and volunteer there. And I find that really disconcerting um, to the point where I just, I sort of removed myself um, from volunteering and took a hiatus from church to think, to rethink, to rebuild and recalibrate my mind and heart around um, uh, just boundaries and biblical perspectives on emotional health, mental health, happiness, etc. Um, and my role, so to speak. With that said, I want to dive in with how I ventured into emotional health. Sadly, it took me burning out several times in my 20s to realize, yo, Gan, 
you have an issue. I have an issue with stating my boundaries with my time and energy. I did not grow up hearing the phrase burnout or overexertion in my family. Neither did I hear about depression. But in the middle of 2015, I recognized after starting a new job I, I, and really during that time when, when I started, when I was starting a new job, and I, I hope this can connect or re- people can relate to this, uh, I was really pushing myself to prove that I had what it takes or, um, yeah, that I could produce results for this company that I was working for. It was a national firm, um, a really a great shop to work for, and I was excited. But I found myself on edge um, all the time. I had a hard time sleeping. I felt myself... Um, feeling like I was living like a robot and I felt like my body was tense a lot. Um, I even recall taking my company's mental health assessment. It was, it was really their, their general health assessment and they had like this whole gamified system. If you take assessments and you start doing the steps it took to take care of yourself um, health-wise, you, you got points and you could redeem those points up for different things. But So I was taking the first steps of taking the mental health assessment and the results came in I took the assessment it was so sad I'm, I'm there after hours taking the assessment and and the results came in showing that I had mild depression and I remember literally like looking at the computer screen and just being like what like legit like for real I have mild depression of course some of you might say well you might not have had mild depression it's not how reliable are those tests but I found it really helpful and clarifying for an assessment to tell me hey it sounds like you have mild depression And that awakened me to face the reality that maybe I'm not taking care of myself like I'm supposed to. Now, by all accounts, people think that I'm, you know, my friends, my circles, my community that I lived in really felt like I was a confident person, a well-oiled machine. And that, you know, I, I, I did live with a sense of transparency when I was not doing well with my friends. But... I guess for me, I not felt free to describe my pain or my issues as depression. So it was really freeing. Just wanted to give you guys more context about how, who I am. And that's why I went into my culture and background. I didn't feel free to say that I had depression, but the, the, the test actually helped me to say, no, 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 you do have mild depression. Um, now, before I own up to all my own messy and unhealthy ways, I want to share a bit more about my context and things that have influenced me to overlook a healthy work, eth- work ethic. Number one, I grew up in a home where both my mom and dad um, were and are entrepreneurs. One of them takes on very high risk projects and the other more low risk projects. Either way, they were always working on some business project. They both went through depression, but rarely talked about it. They both stayed late at work a lot and allowed work to intrude on family and rest. Both of them did the best that they could and that to this day is something I believe. Number two, another influence is more spiritual. Um, The interpretation of certain scriptures in my life by some mentors or leaders has always been, uh, has been to always see the joy in trial, adversity, or work. And to, to continue being faithful, strive for excellence, and to work hard for Jesus, not just your job. And I think that had, to some degree, has affected the way I viewed Um, my boundaries. But number three, and thirdly, um, being entrepreneurial myself, I definitely drank the Kool-Aid of some of the quasi motivational posts you see online or on Instagram about being on your grind, or no days off or team no sleep. I wanted to be a part of a community of women who were pursuing creative projects or starting businesses like me. And I was so much 
I was so desirous to be a part of that community, to identify in that community, that I think I believe the subtle, unhealthy messages from them as well. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> I've given you all that background to say that the internal work of recognizing my family influences, my spiritual influences, and sort of the influences from media has been necessary when I started taking steps to creating the lifestyle that I wanted. And you say, why? Excuse me. Because if you don't, to me, if I didn't reflect on my past, I was, I feel like I was bound to recreate the very things that were detrimental to me. One of those things, like I've been mentioning, was boundaries. I realized that I had a hard time saying no to good things that either my family or church would want me to do or be involved with. I was like literally the classic example of the yes woman, just saying yes too much. Where the emotional health awakening came in was I realized sometimes people who are friends or even well-meaning leaders can be manipulative. For example, it doesn't matter how much people say they love you. If they don't respect when you say no to something that is their idea or when they ask for your help, or if anyone guilt trips you for not giving of your time, that is definitely a symptom of, emotionally un of an emotionally unhealthy environment. And in those environments, I would cave to the pressure to please others under the banner of being loyal, spiritual, a true friend, a true Jesus follower, being a godly woman, etc. Another way this played out was in my work life. I felt like I had several bosses who played mind games of fear. <clears throat> and a lot of this stuff is classic corporate American culture. One of them was a boss who had a tendency to give me assignments nearing 5 p.m. and would expect it to be done before COB equals of business. And when it wasn't, what she communicated verbally and non-verbally <clears throat> was maybe we can find someone who can do this assignment regularly. Or um, another one was a bit more hardcore. It was um, another boss. And within my first year of working for him, despite getting him sales contracts, more than he had had in the last three years. He told me flat out, if I didn't achieve a certain set of results by June, which was three months into my job, maybe four or five, February, March, April, May, June, yeah, four or five months into my jobs, that our, that our relationship was done. But mind you, I was the guinea pig for the position and had to write the handbook for my job on my third day. Wow. I laugh now at these mind games, but they were really disrespectful at the time. And they really caused just, and maybe I'm, I, and I'm not going to say this. I was about to say, maybe I'm a softie, but no, I just feel like it was disrespectful. Like, don't try and make me feel like I'm going to lose my job for having poor, but giving me poor expectations or giving me um, guidelines that are hard to fill. I realized over the years that people will push your boundaries as much as you tolerate and let them. Now, secondly, I have realized that navigating major life changes, whether it's familial, professional, or deal, or things that are going on in your personal life, the thing, anything that's new, you're going to have a learning curve. But here's the thing. I think for the most part, everyone wants to change in order to be successful, but not many people talk about how they reached out for help in their success journey. It could be as simple as really praying about a change they're making. <clears throat> but, you know, what I found is, I sometimes have used prayer as a cop-out to getting practical help from a counselor or coach. So think about it. It's more costly to get a coach or a counselor. You might have to budget for it, show up to an office or a phone call, 
but more more importantly you have to really be there with prayer sometimes it's so readily accessible we don't have to let anyone know what we're going through besides god that we don't consider the practical help we we need to really get where we need to go to put it briefly I had to seek help through a counselor in navigating and dealing with my own singleness issues, disappointments with God, with church, and just to move forward in my own life. Every life scenario isn't for me to just talk to a friend and pray about. Sometimes you need to just go to a licensed individual who can really decipher what's really impacting you internally and how that reflects physically in your life. And thirdly, I found a couple of books that have helped me greatly um, in redeveloping a lifestyle that is more emotionally and mentally healthy. For starters, um, emotional, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by Peter Scazzaro has been phenomenally helpful. Um, secondly, and much like his book, his the book that was written by his wife called Emotionally Healthy Woman was really good as well and was an extension of the concepts in Pete's book. Number three, Happiness by Randy Alcorn has helped me a lot as well. Um, I consider Randy Alcorn to be a modern theologian uh, within the Christian community, and I find that he does debunk and correct a lot of myths that people have erected in the Christian community about happiness that make it so confusing and so elusive to really understand the God-given gift of being happy. So... These books grabbed my attention because as mo- as books normally do, they gave me permission to question the tropes in mainstream culture and subculture of being Christian. In general, the main theme that was reinforced to me was that it's, it's okay to prioritize your personal happiness. Said differently, don't die to specific pleasures that make you feel alive while trying to live up to someone else's ideals. In another episode, I hope to expound on why these books were so crucial to my spiritual beliefs and personal development and give book reviews on them. But for now, what I will say is I think if you are from a family of immigrants, if your family tends to be workaholics, if you struggle with people pleasing, or if you interpret biblical texts that lean towards striving to achieve an ideal, then you may, then you may find yourself experiencing confusion around happiness and how this plays out in your own life. All three of these books help to describe poor definitions of happiness and faulty boundaries within church contexts or even relationships in general. But the principles can easily easily be applied to influences, um, not just within your friendships, but within your family and your work cultures. Put simply, if you don't prioritize or guard your own happiness, no one else will. And that's all for now, folks. If you are interested in a more complete book review on the books I mentioned today, check out my show notes for this podcast in the blog post. 